Good day, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to a couple of annoyed Grunt Boys, and this is the 103 Simpsons Podcast. And I know if I don't, I go out of my mind. Leave her behind with the kids are all That's right, it's the Simpsons podcast that discusses the Simpsons from seasons 11 and beyond. Why 11 and beyond, you ask? Well, we feel that there's plenty of other Simpsons podcasts out there that talk about the golden age, the stuff that you really want to listen to. So, sorry, we don't do that. We listen to the other age. I guess the modern age, 11 and beyond. That's right, and at random, we watch an episode of the Simpsons and discuss if that episode can live up to the uh, golden age standards. But I don't do this by myself. No, I'm just half an annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And with me on this journey is... Your other half annoyed grunt boy, Steve. What's up, Craig? Hey, Steve. So we live in the uh, Portland, Oregon area. This is true. We do. Right. So last week we were living in dense smog, a forest fire, and uh, luckily the skies have cleared. It's true. I actually, uh, I think it was... Is it Friday or Saturday when the rains came? We bust like, the rains down in Africa. And they, that's right. They showed. Um, it was like three in the morning and I had ordered Chinese oh. food the night before <laughs> and the thunder and lightning woke me up and I was so excited about rain coming down <laughs> that I grabbed some Chinese food and I sat in my living room with the windows open and just looked out the window watching thunder and lightning or watching lightning and hearing thunder. And like Laura, my wife, uh, popped her head and she's like, what are you doing? And it's like, I'm just so happy that it's raining. And she's like, yeah, I get it. And so we just sat there and watched it rain. It was glorious. Yeah, the 3.30 in the morning, just thunder and lightning. And everyone was just in Portland was like getting up and watching it. It was it was fun. Yeah. Um, for those of you who don't know, we're an anarchist city, so we're not actually part of the United States anymore, I guess. Is that what's right. going on? Yeah, okay. uh, Seattle, Chicago, and New York. Yeah. So, uh, hey, uh, nice to know you, America. I'm not paying federal taxes now if we're not part of the federal government. <laughs> That's right. Anarchy in the Portland. <laughs> Does that mean our votes won't count, Steve? Well, to be fair. To be fair. To be fair. When we're so far on the West Coast in such a deeply blue state, uh, our votes actually suddenly do count. Yeah. Because the Electoral College is a joke. Not a political podcast. Unlike this podcast, which is also not a joke. That's right. Because nobody laughs. No, they mostly just cry. Hey, I forgot to tell you this. It was funny during the whole like two weeks of us living in the smoky smokiness of poor air quality. Mm-hmm. There was a, a housefly that was in. This is how much of like I don't hurt or kill animals. There was a housefly that in our house for two weeks. And usually I try to escort the, the fly or any creature out of the house. Spiders, mm-hmm. actually, I don't care. I let them just walk around the house all they want. Sure. Um, they're, they're important to our uh, animal ecosystem. Right. And if they bite you, you might get superpowers. Right. So anyways, so there was a housefly that was in the house just annoying us. And like I said, usually I would try to escort it out. But I felt so bad because of the air quality. I'm like, no fly, buddy. You can stay in this house for the time being. <laughs> that um, is so- incredibly sweet. I, <laughs> so- <laughs> that, that really, I like that a lot. So after like the air quality got better, I think on Sunday that we finally we finally got the fly out of the house and escorted them out to make uh, more baby flies. Nice. Yeah. So I felt a uh, felt a kinship to that uh, that fly. Miss miss him miss him greatly. Ah. <laughs> well, Steve, did you uh do things? <laughs> I did things. Cool. Uh, speaking of Spider Man, I uh, 
recently uh, bought that game that's very popular <laughs> from Spider-Man game. Ago. <laughs> yeah. And I'll just say that it's great. It's uh, everything that I want a video game to be. I'm not much of a gamer, but I could play that game all day long. Yeah. Have you uh, done the uh, pigeon chasing yet? Oh, not yet. <laughs> Pretty fun, Steve. I can't wait. You got to chase some pigeons. Ooh, that sounds hey. like a good time. <laughs> Have you done the Mary Jane missions? I've done one so far. I'm only about 20% into the game, but... I know fans of that game are like, oh, boring Mary Jane missions. But it's a nice, like, you, it's a nice calm down from the game because you've had some, like, action-y stuff. Like, I think that first scene with uh, the Kingpin, one of the first missions, right, taking him down, that was a little difficult. It was, and I liked um, going to Doc Ock's lab and doing some, like, nerd shit, like some puzzles. Yeah. It was a nice, like, refresher to all the action. It's one of the uh, it's one of the best video games I've played, and I I told you before that it's one of the best Spider-Man stories too. So I'm I'm discovering that Spider-Man is absolutely my favorite comic book character because he's the one that I read, and I just really like his storyline and everything about him. And so yeah, this game is just a blast. So I highly recommend that game that came out three years ago. <laughs> well, I'm playing something more a little current here. Um, what am I playing, Steve? Tsushima. Oh, it's a uh, it's you're a, a a samurai. It came out, uh, it's recently new. It came out in July of 2020. But it's that kind of open world game like uh, Red Dead or Grand Theft mm-hmm. Autos. And I'm uh, thoroughly enjoying that. Just started it, so I can't really give you like a, it's amazing yet, but it's, it's pretty fun. Fun. Yeah. That's our game talk, guys. I guess we're gamers now. Whoa. Yeah. Let's just get on brand with what we actually are, Steve. A Simpsons podcast. That's right, Craig. We should jump back all the way to the hollow days of April 26, 2015. What do you think the uh, number one movie in the box office was for that date? Uh, who cares about movies anymore, Steve? They're not being made. We can't this see is them. true. <laughs> Steve, I gotta just say, it's uh, probably one of them car movies. Not cars, but those Fast and Furious car movies. Oh, yeah. It was Furious 7. Ooh. Did I watch that one? I don't know. Did you? I've seen them all, but I've also been inebriated watching them and have a blast and then never remembering them the next day. That sounds about exactly right for those type of movies. They're mind numbing and you got to get in there and be like, how did this get made? Now it's time <laughs> for you. how did this get made? Remix. What's up with the June and the June? Jason and Fing and Boom. All right. Well, Steve, what were we uh, bopping out to on uh, as the number one song of the week? Well, let's move away from that of Tria 7 and go all the way to See You Again by Wiz Khalifa and Charlie Puth. Uh, do you think we got a uh, kid's bop with that, Steve? I hope so. Because isn't that about the uh, guy dying? I don't know this song, so. It's about the guy from Furious 7 dying. Is it really? In a car crash, yeah. That was about Paul Walker. It's been yeah. a long day. Yeah, this is the kids' bop. Without you, my friend. We're playing it live and we're oh, I'll tell talking you about, all it. about it. When I see you again, we've come a long way from where we began. Oh, I'll tell you all about it oh, when I see you again. You know what? I didn't see the. I did hey, see the Fury 7. Because I didn't want to see Paul Walker die. Oh, yeah. yeah. But he didn't die. Right here talking to you about another path. I know we'd love to hit the road and laugh. Yeah. But something told me that it wouldn't last. The CGI. Had to switch up. Look at them. Never see the bigger picture. Those were the days. Hard work forever pays. Now we'll see you in a better place. Steve, I think we should take an awesome free show and go to the Furious uh, franchise. That should be fun. I've never seen one. Yeah. Yeah. All right. 
fade that down and uh all right see what are we watching now uh we are watching the kids are all fight the 19th episode of the 26th season and in it the family goes on a trip down memory lane when homer gets an old role of film developed revealing the origin of lisa and bart's rivalry all right i think we should take a break come back and maybe discuss this maybe we will maybe we'll right. be right back back today we're talking about the kids are all fight the 19th episode of the 26th season it originally aired on april 26 2015 it is episode 571 in the show's run your nerd code is tabf12 it was written by rob lezebnik uh directed by bob anderson and your showrunner is al gene rob lezebnik steve lezebnik lezebnik you know, he wrote on The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. We reviewed uh, Baby Can't Drive My Car. Ooh, early on. Yeah, that was like our third episode. Yeah. And uh, the kids are all fight. Well, we haven't reviewed that yet. We'll get so, there. Probably in the next 30 seconds. Yeah. He did Homer versus Dignity. Oh. How about that? And guess where he uh, went to university at, Steve? What am I pretty? Is it uh, uh, Massachusetts school? I believe so. <laughs> I think it is, right? It is. I don't know why I said I believe so. <laughs> <sighs> he went to Boston U. Yes, just like uh, Howard Stern. That's right. No, it's probably Harvard, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. Well, Craig, some uh, trivia up front. The title of this episode is a reference to the Who song, The Kids Are All Right. Wow. They should make an episode called The Kids Are All Right. Like they're all uh, Republican. Well, that would be crazy. Or it could be the episode we reviewed last week. Oh, the yeah. Kid Is All Right. <laughs> I'm dumb. Yeah, but we both are, so it's okay. Yeah. So the episode uh, begins with Professor Frink as a green Iron Man. <laughs> I don't know. He has like an Iron Man like costume only to be a cut short and him falling to the ground to his death. Oh, no. Well, we got a billboard. Go, go Yay. Ahead. Yay. I have no strong feelings about Iron Iron Frink. Nope. Although it sounds like Iron Cheek and he's a bad man. <laughs> um, uh, so our billboard gag is Montgomery Burns in The Jinx 2 with uh, Mr. Burns standing next to a pile of dead bodies. One, it's crazy that The Jinx came out five years ago. I think about it like it came out last year. And also that darn three-eyed raven sitting atop uh, Lardland Donuts. Now, Craig, in this time, the show Game of Thrones has already been pulled out, so it's probably a reference to that. <laughs> yeah. Steve, remember when everyone was like, uh, you haven't seen the Jinx yet? Yeah. I still haven't seen the Jinx yet. You know what? Me neither. Yeah, I'm not planning on seeing the Jinx yet. (laughs) It's like the uh, uh, Tiger King. Oh, yeah. When everyone was talking about that, and now they announced, like, you know, all these, like, movies, like, are finally going to be in production. People are like, do we really care anymore? No one's talking about Tiger King. And now, like, the lady who, did she murder her husband? She's on Dancing with, uh, I'm air quoting, stars now. Yeah. No basket. <laughs> yeah, that is a thing that I could not care less about. Like, the cultural relevance to that seems nil to me. I don't know if we discussed it on the podcast. We probably did that we were not going to watch it because just the uh, animal cruelty. I don't know if you see that, so. No, and Floridians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Florida. It's okay. You're still America's wang to me. I'm an old jerby wang. <laughs> 
<laughs> we have a chalkboard gag, Steve. Oh, boy. Yeah, this is crazy, Steve. It's not Bart. What? It's Lisa. Whoa. But it's actually Bart making her do the punishment. And she's writing out to, I will not pay my sister to do my punishment. Hmm. But uh, I guess she is. Huh. Wow. And that Bart and Lisa dynamic, it's really kind of changing as we watch the show, <laughs> I, I've noticed. I'm kind of liking uh, that they put them, they put those two together in the chalkboard gag because it's, uh, it's a show about them or an episode about them. Yeah, it's a nice little bit of uh, foreshadowing. Right. Uh, well, Craig, we also have a couch gag and it's the game of life. We see uh, young Homer as a piece in the classic Milton Bradley game, driving through the board, opting for no college as opposed to some college, landing on the get married space, which results in Marge uh, as a piece uh, next to Homer in the car. Then they land on unexpected pregnancy, which leads to Bart in the car. Then another unexpected pregnancy with Lisa. And then a third with Maggie. The wheel spins and Homer lands on bad job, lose hair, gain weight, descend into alcoholism, second mortgage, (laughs) third heart attack, and finally car repossessed, which causes their uh, game piece to disappear, to disappear, forcing the family pegs to hop on the sit on couch spot on the board. Homer breathes a sigh of relief and asks now what before turning his head and seeing grandpa piece with a sign around his neck that reads, don't forget me. You know, I actually have the Simpsons version of the game of life. Oh, really? How appropriate. Yeah. But uh, sit on couch and the, or the descendant alcoholism and second mortgage, third heart attack. I don't think they actually exist on the board. That's a bummer. I could have actually done some research and opened the box to look, but <laughs> I, I don't do research on this podcast. Again, research being opening a thing that you own. <laughs> yeah, that's, you know, like three feet away from me. <laughs> yeah, that's almost We're, a yard. Yeah, we also used to play games on this podcast, and uh, that would be really boring if we <laughs> pulled out the oh. Simpsons Life board game. I think I played the OG game of life maybe twice. Here's funny. The game of life goes by really fast. <laughs> it does, yeah. And you always have to go to college just to kind of like, it's recommended to go through college, I think, when you play that game. It is, but in the real life, I don't know. No, in real life, no. <laughs> <laughs> college is dumb. <laughs> well, the uh, show actually begins, Steve, with our episode proper begins at Moe's, where we see Homer Simpson enjoying a beer in a nice suit. And he's about to head out, but before he does, he looks to the bartender to settle up. Well, I better get going. Should I just put that on your tab? No, I'll pay off my bill. Hmm? Oh my god, oh my god, someone's actually paying! Oh, now let me see if I remember how to open this thing. Uh, some kind of button or knob. So that's what that noise means. But just take your stupid money! Huh? Hey, this jacket's full of old stuff. I knew I wasn't getting my money. It is fun to uh, to uh, find old things and old jackets when you put them on. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, money, of course, being the number one thing to find. Yeah, but it's cool to see like an old uh, ticket stub to an event that you went to. Yep. And uh, what does Homer have in his pockets? Well, at first he finds a playbill for the Sunshine Boys starring uh, the Sea Captain and Chief Wiggum. So there's a citation for an uh, indecent snowman building, specifically for Cole Boobs and <laughs> Carrot Wang. The fine being $50, though. That's not too bad for inappropriate snowman making, although... I didn't know that was against the law. Also, carrot... Or, sorry, coal boobs. That's Coal is pretty small, so that's really just a nipple. Right. Coal nips. Coal nips. <laughs> Refreshing coal nips. <laughs> hey, Steve, uh, did you know that the uh, issue on the citation ticket that Homer finds in his jacket is T-A-B-F-12? Where have I heard that before? I feel like I just heard that, like, a couple minutes ago. Uh, Wait a minute. What? That's the production code, or as we call it, the nerd code. 
don't think that was really called for that, but okay. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Uh, we also have a matchbook from the wedding of Selma and Sideshow Bob that reads Selma and Bob Twilliger together in love forever. Should we have a, a every time there's a reference to a previous episode in this episode? <laughs> We're going to have to have a lot of, but I like it. <laughs> I have zero, but we have a couple of dongs. And maybe later I might have some dung for you. And then there's a yarmulke from the wedding of Selma and Disco Stew. Now that Disco Stew is Jewish. We haven't seen that episode. Maybe that episode was uh, uh they they filmed it off pod. <laughs> yeah, it was a private affair. Private affair. Hey, that episode. Uh, I think that uh, I think they should do that episode. Yeah, I think that'd be fun. Uh, I want to know more about Disco Stew's backstory because he's such a rich character. And and then uh, maybe Selma converting to uh, Judaism. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, next up, we have a lit stick of TNT, <laughs> which Homer extinguishes with his little with a little spit in his two fingers, which I thought was a very nice, very nice classic uh, Looney Tunes mm-hmm. gag. Love it. And then there's a roll of film in which Homer is never developed. Steve, Ooh, hmm. I have a roll of film that I have yet to develop, and I think it's going on about fifteen to maybe twenty years. Oh my! Um, I I feel like I know the era in which this was. Was this a promotional uh, camera that you received? No. Okay. I think it's a little more. Uh, it's actually not mine. It's more of a personal thing. Hmm. Well, so after my mom passed away, she had a camera, and I just you know inherited it, and there was a roll of film that was complete and was never developed but she used to like send her film to this like company in seattle and i'm talking guys this is like 2003 Mm -hmm. right where you know film was still being developed i guess you mailed your your film and they developed it and sent it back to you i'm like (laughs) this is how crazy it was too they would not only send you like the physical copies of the the film of photos (laughs) they would also send you a (laughs) cd-rom with the photos on it so like you could have digital photography from your film yeah so anyways i had this film role when i in you know it was ready to be developed and uh i take it to like um this was like 10 years ago i took it to like a a walgreens to get it developed like well we can't for some reason develop it you have to send it to this company i'm like i'm pretty sure this company doesn't exist anymore (laughs) (laughs) and so uh i still have that um someone could develop it maybe i should go to moe's and have him develop it there you go yeah so it's like i wonder what's on there Ooh, that's exciting i (laughs) remember what if it's like photos of my mom and dad (laughs) oh (laughs) gross well unless there's a third party it's probably only one of them (laughs) i'm sure this is literally probably pictures of cats and like birds and squirrels that's probably sounds about right i mean if i look at my camera roll that's mostly what my photos are (laughs) yeah Uh, mine are of a mostly on mine is a photos that chris evans sends me So uh, Carl, who is sitting nearby, tells Homer that it's uh, too late to get that film developed as uh, many of the photo developing joints have either been knocked down or turned into deer blinds. Uh, We then see a cutout of a photo hut turned deer blind with a shotgun firing and the deer, the deer's in the gun sight dashes off to an abandoned and dilapidated circuit circus, which of course I think we're making a circuit city joke. Remember circuit city? Oh, I love circuit city. And then uh, we meet some several other deer who've uh, inhabited that out of business electronic store. Well, luckily we're five years ahead. And so businesses aren't shutting down like that anymore. No. (laughs) Luckily for Homer, Mo has a solution. And as is often the case, uh, the solution, quite literally, is duff. Yeah, listen, Homer, uh, I can develop this for you. Yeah, this bar is so poorly lit, it's legally a dark room. Mm. Mm. And the best part is, duff is chemically indistinguishable from developing fluid. Way to go, duff! I'm developing quite a thirst. Now there's an 8x10 I can enjoy. 
in that I like that uh, there's artful photos of the barflies of Lenny Carl, Barney, and especially Homer, who's uh, nude, all uh, Demi Moore on the cover of that infamous or famous uh, Vanity Fair cover from some year, 96 maybe. I think that was uh, either a scout or a rumor in her womb. Uh, the Willis kids. Yeah, what you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, and that Demi Moore photo has been parodied so many times. I'm not mean parodied like it's just a joke, but didn't like Beyonce do that one? Or mm-hmm. it's like seems like every celebrity, female celebrity that's pregnant is like, I'm gonna do the Demi Moore pose. She like created the pose to say that you're pregnant and not wearing clothes. So yeah. Um, also, uh, they talk about an eight by ten case of Duff, which would be eighty beers. <laughs> Like, how would you carry that? I mean, it's great that you have so many beers, but... How do they get that pallet inside of Moe's? I know, they don't have, like, a loading door. Unless they do oh. in the back, but... Maybe it's uh, the fourth wall. So time passes, and once again, Homer is at Moe's. This time with his family. And uh, Maggie is at, or on the pool table, hitting the rat in the forehead with a freshly chalked cue. And uh, Moe, after playing with the uh, colors of the lighting, he has developed the photos. Uh, he was able to make the kids look cute, but not cuter. That's fair. Uh, Marge is excited to take a sneak peek at the long-forgotten world of six years ago. Before she looks at the pictures, Mo offers a warning to Marge. Bart and Lisa were fighting like creationists and common sense. Do you think it's weird that the whole family went to Moe's to pick up the photos when Homer could just like pick them up and then brought them home? Yeah, I mean, that would make more sense. <laughs> it's a weird setting. Yes, there's a couple, you know, jokes that they throw in there and, you know, but uh, it's just weird. I'm like, why is the whole family here? It's illegal for them kids to be at the bar, by the way. That's true. Unless it's like the early afternoon hours where uh, no so kids aren't allowed to go to at the bars but i don't know i don't know what springfield missouri alcohol laws are so Hmm. there we go mo then offers a matte finish to the photographs which is him signing the name matt in the style of cartoon daddy matt grading whoa 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 steve we're not allowed to say daddy but he's the daddy of the cartoon it's his thought sperm that made it all right i'll allow it thank you uh and the photos dis- or the signature rather uh disappoints marge <laughs> i really enjoyed that scene though it was <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> she saw it I was like oh Uh. (laughs) great visual gag we see a number of pictures of young bart and young lisa torturing one another with such violent acts as bart sticking a garden hose into lisa's ears and a fire extinguisher into her mouth lisa duct taping bart to a chair for a forced tea party with stuffed animals that they will probably fuck later when they get older (laughs) the last week's episode for that reference (laughs) uh bart uh tying lisa to toy train tracks and forcing a locomotive down her throat lisa shoving bart's finger through plate mold causing her digits to be a star. Ooh, that sounds painful. Uh, Bart chasing Lisa into a washing machine. Uh, Lisa getting stuck in said washing machine as Bart fills it with detergent, ready to run a cycle with his sister inside. And a number of subsequent pics of Lisa going through that washing machine cycle. So Marge asks Homer why he took the photos instead of jumping in to break up the fighting. But he explains that the lighting was too good, like Florence and May. Alrighty, I have a blunder that's not really a blunder. Uh, They're talking about how these photos were uh, from six years ago, which would be 2009. Um, In the show's universe, however, the flashback took place in 1984, if it was from when it started. But, uh, you know, it doesn't matter. They have a loose timeline. Uh, Bart wonders why he was uh, always fighting with his sister, who he calls Senorita Stupid. Lisa wonders how they eventually made peace. And, of course, Marge has a story. A story of a special bond between a brother and a sister. I'd say our story is a tragedy, like the Planet of the Apes. The tragedy being they can never stop making them. Hey, come on. The first and eighth movies were pretty darn good. Now, as for you kids... 
It all began six years ago. The president of back then was the president. The popular music of those times was all the rage. Wherever we went, you kids fought. Penny the Penguin wanted to go to the North Pole. Wally the Walrus wanted to go to the South Pole. I guess you could say they were polar opposites. Hmm. You see, they're polar opp- I get it. It's just not funny. You know what's funny? This! Ugh. Good night, Moon. Good night, Bart! Did I hear someone whispering hush? I want you to get out. And stay out! Thank you. So a couple things in that uh, clip there. Yeah. I love uh, Marge explaining, or like it was, back then the president was the president. <laughs> the popular <laughs> music of the time was all the rage. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. I also like them uh, throwing some shade at the Planet of the Apes movies. Yeah, the uh, first and eighth films. So that would have been, of course, the first movie. And then the eighth film based on uh, release would have been Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, which uh, was actually pretty good. I, the, yeah. the, the rebooted ones, all three of them, I, I think are quality quality uh, f- flicks. Good, good yeah. trilogy there. Um, I'm a huge apes fan anyway. Mm-hmm. I mean, Me I even too. love the crappy, like, because literally she is right. Like the first Planet of the Apes is a great movie, but the four sequels after that were not great. Yeah. I just remember watching them as a kid and they re-ran them so frequently. I didn't yeah. realize they were movies. <laughs> I thought it was a Sunday morning TV show. Well, I mean, there was the TV series and an animated series. Yeah. Um, the, the Tim Burton one is crap though. I, I do skip that because I don't consider it part of the, uh, no. Apology. <laughs> I like apology. Yeah. Um, I also like the uh the guard in the library. One that the library has <laughs> yeah. a security guard. Um, but him pushing them out and he's like, get out of here and stay out. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the whole like with the March callback of like the episodes where they do the uh, we're taking you back to the land of 1984 where blah, you know, like yeah. giving the culture references and then Marge just eh. Miss Pac-Man uh, made a blow for women's rights, that kind of thing. Yeah, but they, they did it pretty clever there, I thought. Yeah. Also, I like the library, a uh, librarian with a joke falling flat about. <laughs> and Lisa's just like, yeah, we should edit a clip in of a... Uh... I was going to say, that should be a sound clip. <laughs> yeah. I get it. It's just not funny. Yeah. Thanks for listening to <laughs> the Annoy Grunt Boys. I get it. It's just not funny. <laughs> That's us. Yeah. All right. So Bart explains that the reason that that is the reason for them uh, attending story time at the Quickie Mart. And Lisa remembers when a poo gave dad expired hot dogs. For which he's still on medication. This is a nice callback to uh, season five's episode, Homer and Apu. Uh, there are so many pictures of Bart and Lisa fighting, so uh, hence why the film role was never uh, developed. So we go back to that story where a younger Homer with hair is trying to get to the bottom of his son's violence towards Lisa. Young Bart explains that the bed scares him, and he found out to see uh, Bart in the classic creepy bed that's shaped like a clown from season, season four's Lisa's Last Word. Homer tells his son, who is sharing a bedroom with his sister, to close his eyes and nuzzle under the big clown fangs. The face of the headboard then falls into the lap of young Simpson Flad. Fun to see the uh, uh, the bed again, right? Yeah, can't sleep, clown will eat me. I mean, I kind of hope that uh, we get to hear, hello, Joe, but I don't know. We'll see. Probably not, though. All right. Well, the next day, Bart is uh, drawing a picture of the nightmare bedroom furniture when Lisa snatches the pencil from his hand. And Marge tells Lisa that there's uh, several more tiny golf pencils in the kitchen drawer. But Lisa states that it was her pencil first and that she can write Bart's name better than he can, which she proves it. That's right. So this angers Bart. So he uh, hits her with a speaking spell like frog, which we actually saw in uh, Trilogy of Air. 
A. Ow. E. Ow. I. Ow. O. You jerk. Ow. Why, you little... As the iconic Thus Spoke Therathusera plays, we see the genesis of Homer choking Bart. We don't see uh, Phil Collins. Well, he can't dance. Uh, Bart grabs a nearby lamp and smashes it over his father's head. Homer wonders where Bart's tendency towards violence is coming from. I guess we got a little blunder here, Steve. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah, during that flashback, when Homer strangles Bart, implying that it's the first time. However, in Lisa's first word and the girl who slept too little, we clearly see him strangling and hanging Bart as a two-year-old. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Me too. Uh, so our second act begins at Moe's. Everything starts at Moe's, uh, where Maggie is climbing from one hanging one glass to another. <laughs> she falls into a stein, and Moe slides the stein to Marge, who continues her story. Things got so bad between Bart and Lisa, I was losing sleep. <gasps> Homer, I just had the worst dream. I lost one of the kids at the World's Fair. It's okay. Which one? Brisbane, 88. <gasps> That's so horrible, baby. I know, I know. Now don't worry, they're right here in the bed. We have to find some answers. Answers. That's your answer for everything. Hey, if they're doing so many callbacks in this episode, why mm-hmm. couldn't she have the uh, the fair be the Knoxville World's Fair? You know, I thought the same thing. Like, that's a good opportunity that they missed. I mean, I'm not complaining that, like, <laughs> because of that, this episode gets a zero for me. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, if they're throwing in all these references to past episodes, go for it. Yeah. Come on, Rob Lezebnik, coward. What are you afraid of, Rob? You know what he's afraid of. You're nuts in my face. Bart and Lisa are then seen playing at a dollhouse, throwing tiny furniture at one another. We see that the family is at a therapist's office. Dr. Lauren J. Pryor notes that her findings show that uh, one of their children is good and smart, while the other one is dim and evil. Though she's professionally not allowed to say which is which, both Homer and Dr. Pryor's notepad both know it's the boy. And also, I found some trivia on my own. So on the wall of the therapist's office, the diploma says that the name is Lauren J. Pryor. So in Bart the Genius and subsequent episodes, the child psychologist at Springfield Elementary is J. Lauren Pryor, with the more common L-O-R-E-N male spelling of Lauren. So maybe they're related, or maybe Dr. Lauren Pryor is transitioning to be their true selves. I don't know, Steve. I like your, uh, maybe you should put that up on the international movie database. Yeah, I like it. Good job, Steve. You know what you get for that? What's that? Do we have a a plaza meter? Oh, I thought you were just going to put your nuts in my face. (laughs) You're a real jerk, you know that? Oh, that's true. I am. (laughs) All right, well, the doc declares their session over. Despite only being 20 minutes into the hour, she then suggests a trust exercise, having Homer and Marge close their eyes, and when they open them up again, the therapist is gone, and Marge is worried as to uh, what the family is to do, but Homer is happy because he stole a box of Altoids from the waiting room. 
Uh, the most un- anyone has ever gotten out of therapy. <laughs> uh, take that, therapy. Uh, but really, take some therapy if you need it. Uh, back at home, Homer is performing some city-mandated lawn mowing, while Bart and Lisa duel using uh, croquet mallets. A young and dashing Ned Flanders offers some respite to his ungrateful neighborinos. Maud and I know how hard it is to be dealt a pair of little jokers. Daddy, may we please go tuck ourselves in for naps now? Now you know you can't tuck yourselves in till you're 18. Go get Mommy. Sorry you had to witness that. Me too. Anyway, Mon and I thought you'd like to hang out with adults and have some mature conversation so we'd like to take you to brunch. Brunch, I wish. Can't get a sitter because our kids are nuts. And no kennel will take them. Now, sir, don't you waffle on that brunch. Grandma Flanders can watch the kids. Hello, Joe. Doesn't know who I am. Has trouble moving. I'd say we have ourselves a babysitter. I just turned a hundred. Eight bucks an hour. I can't hear you. I said seven bucks. Hey, I got my hello, Joe. There you go, Joe. Grandma Flanders. So my theory is that uh, that is Ned's grandmother. Mm-hmm. And when she had her son, Ned's dad, he was totally anti-religion and left and became a beatnik. Makes sense. And then Ned must have stayed with his grandmother and then kind of raised Ned. Is that is that is that canon or am I just making all this up? Um, I don't know if it's canon, but it makes a lot of sense to me because Ned's parents were all out of ideas because they tried nothing. So it would make sense that if uh, Grandma Flanders raised because yeah, that's where he would like get his deep religious beliefs from. So the uh, outfit that Ned is wearing is pretty much wearing Homer's signature outfit. It's true, yeah. Do you think uh, Homer asks Ned to borrow some clothes and never gives them back? Maybe, yeah. And so, and they probably didn't fit, but he liked the way it looked. And so he probably had to get clothes of his own. But yeah, he probably was inspired by that, yeah. It just seems weird. Mm-hmm. The thing is, like the 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 button, the polo actually has a button, right? And yeah, it just looks like it's it's weird. Uh huh. Okay. It's it's weird the way he he's dressed and like the way his hair is a little different. I know they're trying to make him look younger, but this looks so damn sexy. That's what she said. In the Flanders abode, Rod and Todd are playing with a sea and psalm, which speaks a biblical line about mint, dill, and cumin. Now, the older Flander boys compliments Todd on his gentle use of the toy, then kisses him passionately on the forehead. <laughs> Uh, the elderly Flanders grandmother states that uh, that's prayer time, but the Simpsons kids don't know any prayers unless you count Hell's Bells, which uh, Homer says all the time. So uh, this uh, freaks out the aged au pair who screams. And we cut to Marge and Homer getting ready for their brunch date. Marge mm. is putting on a tight little purple number there, Steve. Ooh. And then Homer, for the first time ever in the history of the Simpsons, states that, get this, food can wait. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, the couple then role play Homer as a seagull, Marge a boardwalk trash can. Oh, that's romantic. Oh. And the uh, seagull then goes deep into the can, meaning uh, they fuck. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, Craig, though, What's when up? they're talking about brunch, uh, you know, Marge is not supposed to know what brunch is because she learned about it in Life of the Fast Lane, which presumably takes place after this. Uh, so, yeah. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. At the Gilded Truffle, Maud and Ned await their guests while Bart and Lisa attempt to throw projectiles at their babysitter. Well, isn't this a great chance to drink more water? My bladder's going to burst. I know you've had a few too many waters, but that is no reason for the sailor talk. She's awfully quiet. Her body usually whistles. Well, this always wakes my grandpa up. Ah! 
Christ. Another June. Another sunny honeymoon. Another season. Another reason. For what we're doing. Ah! You're never that happy when we're around. Man, Marge and Homer are really getting at it there, Steve. Yeah, they really like that. Uh, sex. <laughs> it's called yeah, sex. That's, okay, that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> this the uh, the jumping from the bed onto Marge. That takes some like logistics and luck that I don't know that Homer has. Are you saying to like jump and then like insert while diving? Yeah. That seems really hard to do. I would assume so, yeah. But for some more innocent talk, you know, Bart and Lisa reacted to the ice cream truck, as any uh, sane person would, by yelling ice cream truck and running towards the sound. <laughs> this was a few years ago, but uh, you were having a pool party at your house, la-di-da, and there was an ice cream truck that came by. And I think you, me, and everybody but Laura at the party just ran out because the ice cream truck was there. And Laura was amazed that we grown adults do that. Yeah, I think I, I think I bought three ice cream bars and had it bounced my checking account. I had eight thousand dollars in that checking account, Steve. Wow. Yeah, must have been some really good ice cream bars. <laughs> hey, with COVID, I've never seen an ice cream truck this summer. You're right. Uh, it's probably not safe for the ice cream person nor the children. No. Where else was I supposed to get my uh, heroin? <laughs> I mean, there's still, you know, school playgrounds. We can have ice cream t- truck talk, Steve. What are the best okay. items? And why is it the chip witch? I'm reading the notes. I'm like, waiting for you to get to this t- topic. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was just seemed like a natural conversation. What, Craig, is your favorite thing to get at the ice cream truck? <laughs> and why is it the chip witch? Because the chip witch is the best. Wait, what's a chip witch? It's a ice cream sandwich with chocolate chip cookies. Uh, okay. Uh, a choco taco. Taco Chaco, that's the one to get. See, yeah, I, I gotta go with the uh, Nestle Chip Witch. Fine, you can go because, fuck yourself. Like an ice cream sandwich is classic, but I figure you don't need an ice cream man to get that. You can get that at the store. Ice cream person. Sorry, thank you. Ice cream person. <laughs> uh, but the uh, there's something magical about the Chip Witch, but. I will say that Choco Taco is fine. I'm a big, um, I don't know if it, again, it's been, you know, since that time you were at my house that I <laughs> went to an ice cream truck, which was like eight years ago, probably. Yeah. Um, the, uh, I just remember as a kid, of course, I loved the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle face that was. <laughs> Always scary. Literally mutated. <laughs> yeah. It was like gumballs as the eyes. That seems like a stupid thing to do. Especially because they're ice cold, so they're rock hard. <sighs> Ugh, it hurts my teeth just thinking of that. Yeah. The um, I, I don't know if they're the um in the uh, in, in the ice cream truck, but uh, one of my favorite treats from the uh, frozen section of the old uh, grocery store is the uh, I can't think of the name now. The ice cream cone, where the bottom of the cone is chocolate. Oh, uh, dumb dumbbell. Yes, dumbbell, dumbbell, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, dumbbell. Those are one of the best treats. I love that little uh, chocolate treat at the bottom. It's so good. They should just make, you know how like the uh, Captain Crunch is like an oops all berries? Mm-hmm. The Nestle thing, they should just do a, I don't know if it's Nestle makes the dumbbells or whatever. They should just make the the, the tips, <laughs> choco tips or whatever, cone tips. And just have a that. bag of that. Reach in like you're eating chips. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like a Seinfeld, top of the muffin. But actually good. Yeah. All right. Well, enough do a boys talk. Uh, back <laughs> to annoyed grunt boys talk. All right, so Bart and Lisa head off to chase the frozen treat truck. 
and we get a visual homage to uh, Bill Kane's awful, awful comic strip, The Family Circus, <laughs> that reads, uh, Bart and Lisa in criminal neglect, with a caption pointing to the ice cream truck that reads, they scream towards ice cream. So the dotted lines like the ones used to track uh, those little fuck faces, Billy, Dolly, and Jeff, Jeffy, and PJ, are showing uh, are showing going from a 742 Evergreen Terrace, which is the uh, Simpsons house, Steve. Oh, okay. To the ice cream truck, or as Michelle Tanner would like to say, ice cream truck. That, that dumb lady. Marge and Homer glow post-coitus as they get dressed. Homer states that it's his favorite kind of morning, a sexy snuggle while their rotten kids are with someone else. And it's their problem, not theirs. So we cut to Bart in a tricycle and Lisa in a tiny car riding down the busy Springfield sidewalk. They're near some strangers, which scares the shit out of Lisa. Bart knows where to go that's safe. Oncoming traffic. Bart narrowly avoids speeding vehicles and is even pushed along by a car honking behind him. So Lisa, who's still on the sidewalk, is met by a young Ralph Wiggum who has some choice words about Bart for jumping inside the wheel of a semi-truck. Meanwhile, the Simpsons and the Flanders arrive home from their meal. Your brother is stupid. Bye-bye. The wheel I'm inside goes round and round, round and round, round and round. The boat on my board goes up and down, up and down, up and down. Thank you for a wonderful brunch. I don't know what I liked more, the personalized omelets or the light jazz combo. I like when the trumpet player's cheeks get really big. That's good music. <gasps> Grandma Flanders has passed. Where are our kids? Gone. Looks like once Grandma turned to dust, they took a powder. Sorry if that seems a little flip. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. Don't worry, sweetie. Hmm? We'll call the local police and they'll find our kids. <laughs> we never used them till now, but I'm sure they're highly competent. Uh, we then cut to the police station where Chief Wiggum is interviewing good old Gil for a position. A job, not a sexual position. <laughs> also, there's a headline in the, in the police office that says, Cop surrenders to Scarecrow, which is funny. Is that <clears> a Batman <throat> joke? Oh, could be. But Clancy has one final test for Gil, giving the handcuffs off of him that are connected to his desk. Wiggum explains that this happens more often than one would think when the phone rings. Gil goes to work tugging on a police chief's hmm? arm. Hmm. And noticing that the cuffs are from a Silver Star police supply with whom he used to work uh, until they gave him his uh, territory to the owner's nephew. Gil was Jackson City. And the phone continues to ring. We then get a, another family circus display of Bart riding to Wedgie Lane, where he is met by the younger versions of Dolph, Jimbo, and Trini. Well, well, look who's burning plastic. It's mine. Give it back. Looks like someone hasn't learned you don't argue with police. Thank goodness I have a teaching fist. (laughs) (laughs) What's her problem? Please, don't hurt my brother. Aw, come on. Don't cry. This is why I am so nervous about becoming a dad. I'm crying out my nose. Fine, you babies can go. Let's go over to Mommy and me and cut holes in the parachute so it doesn't billow properly. Baby! All right, let's move. Why aren't you crying? I was pretending, and it worked. Hmm. You know, kid, with your smarts and my barts, we make a good team. 
What are Barts? You're the smart one. You figure it out. Why is Kearney like a toddler's? Like, shouldn't he be like a little bit older? Mm-hmm. But so they still kind of reference that he will be having a kid soon. So I like that. Yeah, I thought that was fun. <laughs> and how adorable. Well, before we get to the adorable ones, how adorable are the, the kids as little tots? I love uh, the bullies that are kids, especially Jimbo's little bunny shirt. I think that's so awesome. When Yeah. Before we, yeah, we'll get to when they uh, meet uh, Lil Melhouse. Uh, the, the drawing was pretty adorable, but uh, oh, yeah. we're not there yet. <laughs> back at home, Marge is pacing back and forth, hoping the book, What to Do When Catastrophe Strikes, is correct. She opens it up to show a 50-style graphic that reads, What to Do When Your Children Are Missing. One, parent goes to look one man's the phone. Two, it better be the one who goes out is the funny one. I really like that uh, drawing of uh, the parent going out with her. Uh, could be one of my favorite uh, visual things. Ooh, spoiler, Steve. Oh, sorry. Uh, Homer returns home empty-handed, but with an idea. If they have a third child, they should name her Maggie, because it's good to yell if you lose her. Homer heads back out, screaming Maggie, while Marge turns to a desperate mother's last resort. Hey, can I make a blunder? Sure. Is it Maggie named after Marge? I do believe, yeah. Okay, so, uh, eh, I'll let it pass. Okay. Speaking of Maggie's mom, Marge she picks up a Bible, opens it up, and pulls out a business card. To Jesus. No. It's for a psychic hotline, and the answering psychic sounds a little familiar. Psychic hotline? Selma, you're a psychic now? I'm filling in for a friend. She got hit by a car. Never saw it coming. Oh, I'll never see my kids again. I'm sensing. It's all your husband's fault. That'll be $20. So the Selma joke there of the psychic pretty much a hacky joke i'm like come on simpsons you could do better than that yeah it's pretty lazy the uh psychic never saw it coming i mean it's like the it's like like 80s like Wee herman yeah Wee should be doing that because he i'd like to come in the theater nah. <laughs> bart and lisa then family circus their way to death valley or as it's better known the <laughs> springfield retirement castle and bart knows it's a place where a grandpa and his creepy friends the monsters live and once inside the two simpsons are greeted by a moaning zombie-like uh, geriatrics who want to pinch them, learn how to use the phone from them, and show off their dreidel that the old Jewish man made from clay. Oh, yeah. Grandpa jumps into action, uh, defending his children from the love-sucking ghouls using a flashlight. Abe then takes his kids to his room and offers them some sour duds, hard candy, while he contacts the nurse station to get Marge and Homer to their children. Unfortunately, the nurses are too busy and indifferent, and we see that Grandpa has fallen asleep. I guess you should be in charge, Lisa. You'll always be half my age, but you'll always be smarter than me. Don't worry, Bart. You'll always think you're in charge, even though I secretly will be. Thank you! I thought it was a cute scene of uh, Bart realizing that his sister is smarter than him. Yeah, the roles are now set. There we go. The so Homer... <laughs> Homer goes to Moe's with a sign that has a picture of Bart and Lisa and reads, Kids lost. Parents not horrible. He asks for help from the uh, childless losers that are the bar patrons. Uh, Moe opens the door to reveal several children and mm. asks if any of those kids are his. Hmm. Creepy. It is. Uh, so Homer says that none of those uh, children are the Simpsons kids. So Moe apologizes to the kids and plans to find their parents. But for now, they are to continue to make those tiny little drinking umbrellas. You know, it's funny. Those drinking umbrellas, I always thought were matches because the tips always looked like match tips. <laughs> you know, that would like, make sense. But also pretty dangerous because the little umbrella, like super flammable. <laughs> and a lot of times they're in like Caribbean drinks that are full of rum. <laughs> like 151 that is highly flammable. Why, why would my stupid brain think they're match tips? Like, I knew they weren't, but they looked like them. 
And that, that paper, that thin, thin paper. Yeah, exactly. It's super flammable. <laughs> and That's the really local bar just burned down because they used match tip <laughs> umbrellas. My tie goes bye-bye. <laughs> I like tie. I like shirt. <laughs> well, the bar flies offer to help Homer eventually. Help, we'll definitely help you, but uh, you're going to have to wait. We just ordered a pie for the bar. What'd you do that for? Yeah, it took us 45 minutes to choose a topping. We decided on cheese. The reference that they just got cheese, I thought that joke was great. Yeah. But it's always like cartoon pizza always looks like it's just cheese. It does, yeah. And uh, it, I thought that was funny. And it always looks good, but it doesn't look like pizza. <laughs> no, we've discussed this before, that the, yeah. the best pizza uh, on an animated TV show was, of course, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the original 1987 series. Yes, absolutely. Even um, though on that show, they always like made a joke of like, well, this week we've got <laughs> was a terrible turtle impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> the Alan Thicke? <laughs> yeah. Mike, what are you doing with Ben? <laughs> it's Ralph. Cruci- crucifying him. Um, but yeah, it'd be, it'd be like, uh, it was made the joke of like anchovy, pineapple, and canned tuna with sprinkles on it or whatever. Yeah, like sardines and uh, vanilla ice cream, man. Yeah. And then like in the movies, they were like, gross. We don't like real pizza, like with pepperonis and mushrooms and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, enough about uh, Turtle Talk. That's <laughs> for another podcast that we're not on. Yeah, I do have to say, that. though, it is impressive that Homer, who loves food, even pizza, he shot it rather than just like eat it. <laughs> Well, you know, he's uh, he's got priorities, Steve. I know, but it's it's impressive that his priorities are children over food. Yeah. In this episode, though, he's announced food for sex and food mm-hmm. for kids. So there we go. Yeah, that's interesting. And he carries a shotgun behind him. <laughs> behind the bar, like any good bar. Yeah. When Homer shot the pizza at the bar, right. the shotgun shell destroyed the pizza, but left the wooden counter intact. A normal shotgun blast would have blast left a hole in the wood. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. Uh, we get another map of Bart and Lisa's journey through the travel, uh, as they travel through town, you know, all a uh, family circus. Mm-hmm. And they travel to... Where Daddy peed, a urine, a urine-soaked alley. Sleeping place, the first church Springfield. Where Bart got sick, Krusty Burger. Giant donut god. Lord lad donuts. Can't read yet. The Springfield Hollywood sign. Aunt Farm. Patty and Selma's apartment. And House of Millhouse. Millhouse's house. So there we house. see an adorable toddler version of Millhouse, like I alluded before, playing uh, with his shuttlecock. He's up to two hits. A new personal record. And Barge and Lisa pull up asking for help, and Millhouse offers to run in and tell his father. Hmm. Millhouse enters his home, calling for his dad, but is distracted by cartoons playing on the TV. We've all been there. He uh, becomes entranced, and Kirk walks by, planning on finishing his tax returns, but he's also hypnotized by the animation. So you said we, we've all been there, and I was watching with Heather, and she's like, when she was a kid playing, and her friends went inside to like get something, they were gone for a while, and she didn't know why, and then she would go into the house and see her the kids just watching TV. I'm like, I don't remember ever doing that or my friends doing that, so that was the thing? Huh. Because you said we've all been there. I mean, it just seems like, you know, I've, I've walked by a TV and I'm like, oh, cartoon's on. And I just like kind of start watching it and then I just get kind of get entranced. Okay. I guess you're right. I've done that too. Yeah. Oh. Okay, so Bart and Lisa right off scared of approaching Big Dog. It is revealed that the Big Dog is just a tiny teacup chihuahua. The children turn and find themselves atop a large hill. Lisa is scared, but Bart tells Lisa about a book he read called Jack and Jill. Sadly, it was not the novelization of the Adam Sandler classic. <laughs> 
<laughs> Bart explains that Jack and Jill went down a hill, though they actually went up a hill. Uh, Lisa says that the title characters broke their crowns, and Bart pushes her down the hill. Well, luckily, Steve, I don't see crowns adorn their heads. And he reminds yeah. his sister that they don't have those things. Crowns, you see. Huh. Uh, but Lisa responds that crown means head. Oh, man. Bart rides after his sister, grabbing her from a car just in time as the car runs into a tree. Hopefully not a chestnut tree, Steve. Mm-hmm. And in a classic Simpsons fashion, explodes into balls of flames. I like that. Ta-da! I saved you! Uh, but you pushed me! Duh, I couldn't save you until I pushed you. Girls make no sense. Anyway, we're even, Steven. I just don't want to fight anymore. Okay, but it was always your fault. Fine. Because you're a jerk. Can't you see I'm giving in? I beat a two-year-old. I beat a two-year-old. Homer heads to Krusty Burger, searching for his children. He dives into the ball pit and inhales balls frantically. Or as Craig calls it, Saturday night. Marge gives him CPR to free him from the swallowed balls. Next, Homer and Marge head to the Quickie Mart, where Apu is stocking cartons of milk with missing photos of Bart and Lisa. Now it's fast printing, Steve. We see uh, Mo giving shot glasses of the milk to his trapped army of children. Parents then burst into a municipal building with Homer loudly announcing that he has left his kids with the weirdo next door and now they're gone. An eager government employee wants to know more but uh, Marge points out that Homer uh, that they're at the uh, social service office and they should leave immediately. I thought that was fun. Yeah we get a defeated Homer and a Marge they're sitting at a bus stop bench and declare that they were giving anything to have their kids back and they don't care about the fighting. Just then, sarcastic guy pokes his head out of a nearby photo hut. He says, hey, Chatterbucks, there's a couple of kids right there at the top of the tire fire. Why, it's Bart and Lisa. How fucking convenient. Jesus Christ, Simpsons. Come on. <sighs> you could have had, you know, routed and taught up there, but no, you had to put Bart and Lisa. And the fact that the sarcastic guy was working at a photo hut, which we alluded to earlier, like there's only two businesses in Springfield. <sighs> All right, we're dumb. Um, <laughs> Marge mentions that the parents are supposed to gain great strength with their ch- when their children are endangered. And Homer's kind of feeling it. But when Marge mentions that they just bought the kids new shoes, Homer's full strength is shown. That was kind of a weird scene. Yeah, I guess the point being that, you know, the thing about, you know, mothers lifting cars when they're in danger. Yeah. Also, and then money shoes aren't that expensive. It's true. Especially for like Lisa's two. Right. There was, those are really cheap. I mean, when I was her age, my parents just uh, put uh, paper towels and then duct tape on my feet. And that's how I walked around. <laughs> and you're fine now. I mean, you can't walk, but you're fine now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Homer grabs a tree next to him, bending it forward towards Bart and Lisa. They climb onto the tree. And as Marge congratulates Homer, the branch he's holding breaks off, causing the tree to turn into a trebuchet flinging the children into the sky. All right, so then Bart and Lisa soar across the city, land into Bart's clown bed, and they shriek at the sight of the spooky face, and the bed collapse. Bart hears another ice cream truck, but Lisa stops him, asking him if he's learned anything. Steve, the the, the death of the uh, the bed. No more clown will eat him. I, I'm glad we got this scene because I just never knew what happened to that bed, and I'm glad there was a uh, resolve to that. Yeah, that's nice. Anyways, we're let's jump back to the present, Steve. I'm still learning our phone number. And I've almost got it. But in an emergency, I'll just dial 918. But the wonderful thing is you kids get along. And we were able to have a third beautiful child. Wait, but how did you have an extra room for Maggie? Well, that's where I used to grow my weed. But that's a story for another day. Never mind, never mind. 
What a weird way to kind of end the show. <laughs> what kid learns their phone number, right? Yeah, I mean, especially nowadays, I don't even know my phone number. And uh, <laughs> that end there with Marge growing weed. <laughs> really weird. Well, she was a young Republican, then she went through a phase of growing weed, and uh, yeah, you know. I want to see that episode. Yeah. <laughs> also, for another time, though. now, it's weird because now, Bart, Lisa, and Maggie all have their own bedrooms. Right. And they live in the same house, so... There's sure, an extra bedroom. But, like, why are they sharing a bedroom? If... So then then Lisa's and Maggie's was unoccupied. Maybe maybe Homer, like, was uh, growing meth in the other room. I don't know how well you grow meth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a real pothead, Steve. I don't know. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> I watched Breaking Bad. <laughs> Sorry, cook. I'll try this again. There you they go. were cooking meth. I love Breaking Bad. <laughs> I love breaking bread, too. <laughs> Let's have a friendship and break this bread. Alrighty. Uh, we then get a denouement at the uh, Springfield General Hospital ICU. ICU, too, Steve. <laughs> oh, good. It's good to be seen. This is a uh, Zoom thing. <laughs> um, there's a Seinfeld-esque uh, musical sting, and Dr. Hibbert, in a high-fade haircut and neon tie, states that, to the Flanders sisters that he doesn't think Grandma Flanders would make it, but he was wrong. Steve, you said a musical sting. There's only one musical sting, and a sting. <laughs> Somebody called the police. Anyways, and Ned begins to sing Amazing Grace. We could play it, but uh, we can't play it because we can't clear it. No. But the good doctor, not that one, warns Mr. Flanders that the loud singing could kill the old bag. Well, he says old lady, but I'm, I'm throwing it in the bag. Um, and Homer in a voiceover announces that, in fact, it did kill her. Did. Stop telling us the story. You've had three natural endings already. Isn't that sweet? Six years ago, they were fighting. Now they're playing pool in a bar. Father of the year, pal. Father of the year. Oh, Steve, I need to, <laughs> I need to uh, take a break from our uh, talk. <laughs> yeah, it's probably for the best. All right. Let's regroup, come back, and be a little cleaner. How about that? That sounds like a plan. We'll there's, be right back. There's kids listening, for Christ's sake. And we're back. Craig, let's uh, wrap up our discussion about this episode. The kids are all fight. We'll uh, look at some external reviews, our favorite visual things, our favorite quotes, maybe an MBJ. And we'll find out what we're watching next week. Sounds cool, bro. Word. Uh, what do you like to look at? <laughs> I like to look at images from The Simpsons. Images are good, especially those of The Simpsons. You had a lot of the fun uh, photos of uh, what we talked about earlier with uh, Homer's doing the famous Demi Moore pregnant photo. Again, there's a lot of family photos in here. You know what I like the most? The little toddler versions of, of the bullies and Millhouse. Mm, yeah. I think I would go with the uh, toddler Millhouse with his shuttlecock. Yeah, the toddlers are good. And Jimbo's right. shirt is also good. How about you? Um, I I do like uh, the bullies and I also like uh, baby Millhouse. But I think I like the, uh, the visual of the book, What to Do When Your Children Are Missing. I just love the animation style of the 50s, like the, Mil uh, the Nixon looking guy yeah. uh, popping out of the house. And he's going out because he's the funny one while the parent stays in to uh, man the phone. So yeah, that's my favorite. And of course, it's the, uh, the mother that stays home. That's right, of course. Uh, all right. Uh, how about quotes, Steve? What do you have uh, for this episode? There were some quotes that were fun. And some um, that weren't fun at all. It's true. Um, I thought uh, little Ralph was fun about saying Bart was stupid. My favorite 
joke in this episode was Marge doing the narration. I talked about it before in the episode where she's like, uh, uh, the year was six years ago. The president was the, still the same president. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> The most popular really music of the time. Uh, I think that was my favorite. Uh, I think it was my favorite joke. I like that. Um, I like the uh, line with, I thought it was cute, the Bart, um, you know, with your smarts and my Bart's. I don't know. I thought that was a cute little bonding moment. Yeah. But I think you might be right that Marge might weirdly be the MVJ of the episode. I thought that she had some fun lines. I agree. She got to lead this episode, which usually when ho- they do the flashbacks, it's always Homer kind of like taking the reins. And yeah. It was, uh, great to see Marge telling the story this time. Yeah. And it's also neat that Bart or Homer was uncharacteristically just a good dad. In this right. Episode. He cared more about sex and kids than food. That's but, right. but, you know, six years later, all he cares about is beer and food. Yep. Um, <laughs> I go food sex beer uh sex beer food, food. kids sex are beer. sex beer food is the name of my band <laughs> i like your band i think we should find out what other people think maybe i think that's a good point steve do we have any external reviews you know there weren't a ton but i do have one from the international movie database of course um it is from j Libran 17 it is from april 27th 2015 in the words of Lisa Simpson, meh. This was a cute one, and I generally love seeing the children in pre-Maggie days, as well as Hibbert's ever-changing hilarious haircuts from the past. I thought this one had great callbacks, such as Grandma's Flanders, Hello, Joe! Though I did notice her voice was somewhat different from what I remember. I felt as though this one was a good episode for season 26, but at the same time, some of the elements don't seem to add up. For example, why were the younger versions of the bullies hanging outside in a dark alley? Oh, well, I mustn't think of too hard about these things. Not a very memorable episode, but it was an exceptional one. It always baffles me when people do that. Like, I didn't like this episode, but it was exceptional. <laughs> I also love the fact that they brought back the running gag of non-flammable objects exploding. That was a fun visual gag. Uh, they gave it a 7 out of 10. So for being kind of dismissive, to give it a 7 out of 10, that's pretty good. I forget what it was last week. I forget what the review said, but... They're like, it's eight out of 10. This is the worst episode from season 25. So it's like, the exactly. Same kind of like, <laughs> well, okay, seven out of 10. You know, they do make some good points there, actually. The All the callbacks. And yeah, the uh, you're right. One of the, I forgot to mention the visual gags too with the um, exploding little car that Lisa's driving was great. The, you know, the boys were hanging out of the alley. That's what the boys do. It's yeah, cartoon. they can do that. They're allowed. Um, so we went to Reddit too, just to look up things too. And uh, uh, someone uh, named uh, Andrik1980 wrote, uh, hi guys, do you think the uh, flying man who has fallen then in the beginning of the episode means something special? I guess his suit looks like Iron Man's Iron Man's one, is it? <laughs> and then also someone read said, uh, it was like watching them before they became a TV show family. <laughs> I thought that was great. <laughs> That's <laughs> really <like>, cute. <laughs> but it's funny because I'm assuming the person thinks that they had Avengers before they started filming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is like before they made it big. This is like behind the scenes footage. <laughs> right. They were like, when Barton uh, is 10, Lisa's eight, it's like Homer went to the studio. He's like, okay, I got an idea. You film our family. <laughs> uh, Reddit is fun. <laughs> it is until it's awful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, I guess we should review. Uh, what do you think, Craig? So when I first when I was watching it, I really enjoyed it because of the callbacks. And we've talked about it before of how these later seasons are just admitting to callbacks and that using that as a joke now. 
so we got so many. We, I mean, this is off the top of my head thinking, you know, got the Hello Joe with the Grandma Flanders. We got the bed. Uh, what else was there? Uh, one of the reviewers said the, the car crashing and exploding thing was a nice comeback callback. But that's just an ongoing joke of The Simpsons that has never gone away. Yeah. And, and of course, Marge doing the, the, you know, six years ago, that whole, like, let's tell that story. Um, I remember last week we talked about it. Um, let's predict how this episode is going to happen with uh, Lisa and, and Bart. Was there going to be that special moment like Lisa on ice? And I mean, I guess there kind of was. I think it was like the origin of like, let's start teaming up more often. Mm-hmm. But I actually enjoyed this episode. I thought it wasn't too uh, hammy, even though I do love a ham. Especially so do I. Fry. Mm. <laughs> uh, it doesn't pull at the heartstrings like like Elisa on Ice does. It, I thought I thought it was a good job of not like stepping on like and doing too many pop culture references either. Which I think it was a problem with uh, we, even though we haven't reviewed it yet. Which was like a, that '90s show thing where they're kind of like revamping the entire Simpsons uh, history, really. Mm-hmm. And this one didn't really step on that. Like it, it was nice. Those callbacks I think were well deserved. And I think this was a, a, a an episode that I think I'll say it that. If you haven't watched The Simpsons in a long time and you're only used to those old episodes, this is a great episode to watch just to like come back in, you know? Mm-hmm. I had fun watching this episode and I would definitely watch it again. Um, so uh, the episode took place six years in the past. So out of six, I'll give this episode a three. All righty. That's pretty good. Um, yeah, I, I feel like this is a nice episode that is like, did a really good job of... I don't want to say fan service because it sounds like I don't like it. I did enjoy this episode, but it's it's a very good episode for longtime watchers of the show. And as you mentioned, people who may have like skipped around and maybe have not watched the show in a while because it did a good job of offering fans what they want without being overly pandering. Like it didn't seem cheap. It just seemed like they had this like toolbox of references that they could pull out whenever they wanted. And they just did it in a good way that was well spread out. And you mentioned the lack of uh, cultural references or pop cultural references dating the episode horribly. And I think that was the right move because it just seemed like of the family's time rather than of the world's time. And I thought that was a good thing. The jokes might not have a, may not have been there like super strong, but the episode was tightly written and it was very concise. And I think that, yeah, we had a nice, nice point. And I think back of earlier uh, flashback episodes where Bart and Lisa team up like with the ice cream cone and like making fun of Homer and stuff. And so to see kind of like the, the, the birth of them being buddies rather than enemies, I thought that was kind of cute. And like you said, I mentioned that last week, I would probably feel that this would be pandering and their closeness would seem cheap and forced, but I think it was fairly organic. You know, they get along well eventually. And I don't know, I thought it was, I thought it was a good episode. I would recommend it, especially if you are a fan of the golden era and you want to try and tap into newer episodes. I think this is a good place to start. And it was cool to see some of the things like the Gilded Truffle and Grandma Simpson and or Grandma Flanders rather, and just all these like references that we all know and so yeah i would say that you know there are three simpsons children but in this one there's two so i'm gonna give this a two out of three wow yeah yeah all right definitely this is one of the first episodes that we i think that it is like to old viewers that haven't watched it is one to watch definitely all right well i guess we got to find out what we're watching next week steve well craig to do that we'll need our wheel of random once you get that out of the old wheel of random closet steve all righty let's pull that out and here we go and oh shit oh crap oh, crap. oh crap. 
Damn, 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 damn. Steve, ah. what did you do? You just broke the wheel of random. I'm so Stop. sorry. I'm going like, to have this thing repaired many times. You know how expensive it is to take this wheel of random to the wheel of random shop, especially during COVID? I know. These times, it's going to be hard. Oh, man. I, even, oh. Sorry, I'm going to have to play this. Boy, I really hope somebody got fired for that blunder. And we know it was Steve. Steve, do we have to fire you? You're going to have to fire me, Craig? You know what? I'm going to make an exception. Just this once, uh, Steve, football season's back, and that means uh, a lot of audibles will be called. Mm-hmm. And so on this podcast, I'm going to call an audible. Oh, right. Steve, we're going to do something crazy here. Whoa. We're going to be current. We're going to watch season 32, episode one. The season undercover. premiere? Yeah, Undercover Burns. No one's seen this. Not even us. That's right. Well, I would imagine that what happens is Mr. Burns goes undercover at the power plank as an employee named Fred and befriends Homer and the gang. But a jealous Smithers plots to bring the old Burns back. Wow. So this is a parody of Undercover Boss. Timely. Assuming. <laughs> yeah. Steve, for some reason, I feel like uh, Al Jean might be the showrunner. I think you might be right. Um, I think it might be written by David Crayon. <laughs> He colors my world. Where's it David Crane? Cram? Cram? Hey, we got a special guest voice. Not on this podcast, but on the episode. <laughs> a David Harbour, a.k.a. Lily Allen's husband. As yeah, that's undercover weird. Mr. Burns, yeah. Also from uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, and the new Hellboy. Take that, Ron Perlman. Yeah, stay to Twitter, friend. <laughs> because I like what you have to say. Yeah, I love Ron Perlman. He's, yeah. the, he's the Beast from Beauty and the Beast, the TV yeah. series with Linda Hamilton. That's right. The thing that first grade girls were real horny for in my and, school. And my mother. You were horny for your mother? She was horny for the Beast. Oh, okay. Hey, we got a T Public site that uh, someday we'll put some new stuff up there so you can buy and we can have money from. <laughs> uh, go to tpublic.com slash user slash annoyed grunt boys and uh, contact us on social media at 138Simpsons on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always email us at 138Simpsons at gmail.com. And if you're so kind, go to your favorite pod catching app and leave us a review and five stars or the equivalent. But I don't want a real review. Just write something. In fact, this week, I want you to write what you prefer. <laughs> Is it children, sex, food, or beer? Rank them. <laughs> yeah, rank them. All right. For this week, I've been a half-annoyed grunt boy, Craig. And I've been your other half-annoyed grunt boy, Steve. And remember, keep watching the skis. Goodbye, Joe. Don't waste beer.